Hebrews chapter 12 says, Therefore, since we also are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares or besets us, and let us run, run, What's the opposite of run, church? Walk or stand still. But no, we are to run with endurance the race that is set before us. And please focus on verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, I want to go back to verse 2, those first three words. Looking unto Jesus. The writer of Hebrews told us that that needs to be our attitude, and that needs to be your personality while you are laying aside, or let me just use an old church term that, that we grew up learning, while I am sanctifying myself, every day Paul said you are to do, and while I am running, that means I'm staying involved, that means I, I'm going to get into a dream team and I I want to take growth track, and you can sign up for that before you leave today. And the, the very next one starts next. But I, but I want to get in a life group. I, I don't know if I want to be a part of the church yet, but I kind of just need to be around some godly people. And, and, and I'm going to either go to the gym, or I'm going to go to the restaurant, or I'm going to go to the home of uh, the webs. And, I, and I'm just going to, I'm going to have a time in the Lord I'm, I'm going to do that. That's running, church. The folks that graduated or completed track four this morning, they're running the race. They're just not kind of wanting to know what other people are doing, but they are doing that. See, there's no way. I'm going back to Wednesday night over at the school. There's no way you can compel people to come to God's house or to the cross of Jesus Christ and evaluate whether they're worthy or not to have Jesus. See, when I grew up, it, it wasn't written on paper, but it was the attitude a lot of people experience that you had to measure up or you had to meet certain criteria before you even felt welcome in a church. One of the main things is, that's why I don't stress this huge thing with dresses and suits and ties and all that because that's not real. That is not real. When you go home, if you're in a dress or a lot of times before you consume food and you're very hungry, you'll put on something more comfortable. And my argument has always been, if it's uncomfortable, why do you want to go to a place that's supposed to be liberating and free where you worship God and you've already got how uncomfortable you are on your mind. Why? 
You can say, and I had somebody to tell me this a long time ago. Well, I believe you're supposed to wear your best. Well, you can't show me that in this book right here. And who's not to say that's not the best pair of blue jeans you have on? Who's not to say that's not the best shoes you have on? So see, that's what I mean when I say you can't compel people if they don't look like they need to look before they walk into your church. They don't meet the unspoken code. They need to meet before you feel comfortable with people knowing you invited them to church. Or more than that, they're not at a place where you think they need to hear Jesus yet. So you can't compel and evaluate at the same time. You can't. And you're, you're not told to evaluate. He does that, but we're not told to do that. You, you, you can't do that. And if you are evaluating, or in the word you're used to, judging, if you are judging and sizing people up, you're not running. I don't care what you know about people. I don't care what their history is and what their past is. If you are judging people, you are sitting like a duck. You're not running. And I'll tell you what else you're not doing. Because a running person, a compelling person, is somebody that's got their eyes on Jesus Christ. They're looking unto Jesus. You know, that's the only way you really will run, is if you are looking to Jesus. Because you on your way home. You're a spiritual forest gump. You're running forest run. And you know life ain't a box of chocolates. I don't care how much the preacher's addicted to chocolate or he likes it a lot. You know that my eyes are on Jesus and I'm on my way home. And this is what running people do. They run to Jesus. They work while it's day. They don't ask a lot of questions. And, you know, I just told you the other day about complaining. They don't do a lot of complaining at all because Jesus don't like complaining. He likes worship. And so I just said that that might have been Wednesday or last Sunday. It all runs together at this time in my life. But I will tell you this. If, if you want to be about the Father's business like Jesus was, there's no way you're going to do that, church, and nail it unless you look to Jesus. Because let me tell you, if you turn on the TV or if you watch TV before you came to church, your eyes didn't see anything positive, uplifting, or something that's going to draw and help you to grow closer to Christ. There's an overwhelming chance you heard dirt or you saw something that just maybe made you concern and all that. And Satan is, he is the king of discouragement. He's the king of distraction. And he will do everything he can not to just distract you from running and all this, but to distract you from looking unto Jesus. Because if your eyes are fixed on Jesus you're not going to get caught up in things of this world. You're not. 
Because you can't serve two masters. You can't look at Jesus and at the same time look at your will, your way, or current affairs and all that because you know that you're not a citizen of this world. You can't do it. And that's why this writer told us that we are to run with endurance and we are to do that while we look at Jesus and and the things that a lot of times so easily beset us or distract us are the things that we need to get rid of and do away with and walk away from and denounce so that we can because if you're bogged down, and I know a lot of these uh, guys and maybe some ladies in here were in, I like to say, the military, the military, and what part of the training was running miles with sometimes 80-plus pound backpacks on. And, you know, that was tough. And that's why a lot of people can't really run for Jesus is because of the 80-pound backpack. And, folks, I want to say this again. We are not citizens of this world. You're only here for God's purpose now. You're not here for this life. Everybody's indulging in this life and trying to fill their lives full of this life. But that's not why you are here. You are here to complete the mission of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And you can only do that by running and getting rid of thoughts and habits and things that so easily distract you. And sometimes you have to even avoid Yourself. You know, I've heard people say, I said to myself, self, you need to do this, or self, you do and, 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 and on a real serious note, you have to do what we're told. We have to bring self. We have to bring our own bodies into subjection because our bodies do not want to go under the mighty hand of God. It's not a normal reaction until you become focused on Jesus and Him only. Because I could really get discouraged right now because you know that I love cool weather. I love cold weather. And when I walked out of the house this morning at 6.20, and it was 74 degrees and muggy. I couldn't get in my car to get it on 59 quick enough. I was discouraged when I walked out of the house now. I hadn't talked to nobody. I hadn't watched anything. I hadn't listened to anything. And I'm being serious when I tell you that I just had to say, no, it's not about my comfort and what I like. God, but this is the day you have made, and I'm going to rejoice and I'm going to be glad in this day. And that sounds so wimpy. I know the weather, come on, it wasn't an arrow, it wasn't a bullet, it wasn't a knock in the head. The weather, come on, Opie. But no, that's just representing things, small things. It doesn't have to be a bullet. It doesn't have to be an arrow, a sword, or anything else. 
It can just be small things that cause me to quit running because I'm not looking at Jesus. I'm looking at me and how I feel and what's going on around me. Y'all hear me right now? Okay, because I need to read something to you out of the ninth chapter of Hebrews. And I want you to listen very closely because this is, this is important. It's the last verse in the ninth chapter. It's verse 28 as a matter of fact. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. I purposely wanted to read that to you out of the King James because the King James uses the word unto them that look. That word look means eagerly wait. But I want to also get you into the frame of mind of understanding that people that are on their way home to meet Jesus are eagerly looking for him and unto him. And those are the people that are making themselves ready and are going to be prepared to go that are not distracted or so easily beset with sins and weights and things and thorns. Those are the people who understand where we are living and what's going on in our life right now. You need to understand that before you woke up this morning that Satan had a planned, cleverly laid out. And, and church, I say this with all the love in the world and I want to understand it myself as much as I'm asking you to understand this. But Satan spends a whole lot more time on us than we do on him. We underestimate. I am not giving him glory nor credit. But he, I need to tell you again, he is the ruler of this world. The ruler of this world. That means everything. And when I talk to you about Jesus the other week, everything that's in this world... Satan has been given full access, and he said, and I can give it to whomever I want to give it to. And that's a very scary thought if you're not looking unto Jesus. Because that means he can literally offer me something that I don't have, or something I want more of, or something that I used to like. And if I'm not looking unto Jesus... He, through some avenue, can get that to me where I won't really recognize that it's him and I will take it. He can talk me in and I don't know why I am not planning on saying what is about to leave my lips right now, but I'm going to obey the Holy Ghost. He, and, I, and I heard this in a message that I listened to last Sunday afternoon. And I don't know if that's why God's bringing it before me again. But, but one of the ways that he does this, he starts off by, if he can get you to live in a cursed environment, 
Now, I'm telling you, God can take me right now. If I'm not telling you something that has not been premeditated before right this moment. But he works through a curse in a lot of people's lives. A lot of people in this church. He works through a curse. And that curse is when you keep back something that God has specifically said. I will bless you and I will bless it. If you give that back to me. What belongs to me. But if you keep it, not only am I not going to bless the 90, I'm going to curse the whole 100%. I'm going to curse things that you wouldn't think God would curse. Because you didn't rob your neighbor, and that wouldn't be right. You didn't lie on a, a time card. I don't even know if people use time cards anymore, but anyway, you know what I mean? Or you didn't cheat the cash register uh, at Walmart when you really had one item, and now you can self-check out. So, you know, they, they, they kept something, and I didn't feel like coming and getting it last month, so I'm just going to get this extra roast. I'm scanning one, and I'm sliding two in the bag. It doesn't matter. That's wrong. That's bad. But nothing compares in this life, even our dear old government, cheating and lying on taxes like robbing God. Now, because I'm not prepared for what I'm telling you, I'm, I'm not staying here no longer than I'm supposed to, but I will finish by saying this. It would be bad. To be part of a church, any church anywhere, and volunteer, grow track, dream team, anything going on at any church, any, be all in, do everything, even go buy nice donation stuff and bring it. But when you stand before God, he looks at everything at your record and he says, there's only one thing I need to talk to you about. One thing. Really, God? One thing. Yep, it's, it's the fact that you stole from me the whole time you were working. I just hadn't gotten over that yet. Well, but what about grace and mercy and love and all those nice fluffy things that feel good, that make me feel good when I do wrong and the Bible says don't do it and I do it. Aren't I good now? He says, well, you, you're missing it's a commandment. It was a, it was a requirement. And so many people, they want you to help them pray about things that are because of a curse. And you can't pray out of a curse. And I will tell you this. A person or people that rob God in any way, shape, or form, but including tithe, they're not people that are eagerly waiting and looking for Jesus because you have already told on yourself you are so carnal and your mind is on money and things and you better be careful because you may be locked to those things because you, you don't see and hear him when he returns the second go around. Now a lot of people will try to beautify that because it's offensive but you can't make it pretty. It is what it is. And God will deal with that. And so, when you are looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher, 
of your faith, church. That's what's going to get your salvation. He's the one that was behind the beginning and the ending of it. And when you look unto Jesus and you keep your eyes on Jesus and nothing else in this world, you are actually in the eyes of God and that host of witnesses that's looking at us. You are preparing for your departure and it's going to look dumb to a lot of people around you when you look at Jesus because you're not looking at them. And as I finish, I'm going to ask the the band and the praise team to come back to the stage if you would. And we're going to do something right now that has been on my heart all this week. And... As we prepare to do this, I want to tell you that if you've done a poor job of looking unto Jesus, I want you to change what's on your mind right now. I want you to change what you're thinking about. I mean, everybody in here, everybody, I want your mind to look unto Jesus right now. Because if you've done a poor job of doing that, and I've done a poor job so much of my life of looking unto Jesus. See, when you're a preacher, you want to to do a lot of pleasing. And if you do it for 30 years, you will find out you can't do that. It's just impossible. You can't do it. And you might can for a little while. So what we all, and it's not just a preacher thing. It's every person, every, every person. You got to just focus on Jesus. Because you can please Him. Are you serious over you? Yeah. I can prove it with the Bible. When you stand before Him, He will say, Well done. Thou good and faithful servant. So the Bible tells us, it gives us a parable to show us that you, you can complete the work that God started in your life, you can fulfill the mission. You can run, and you can finish, and you can finish strong. You can finish running. If you hadn't been running, I'm going to tell you because I love you. It's because you're not looking unto Jesus. You're looking at material. You're looking at things. You're looking at your hardships. You're looking at your unfortunes. You're looking at your health. You're looking at everything around. You're looking at what you wished would change. But you're not looking unto But I pray about it, Opie. You, you're not looking unto Jesus, though. If, if, if you are looking unto Jesus, your speech will reflect that. If you're not, it'll reflect what you're looking at. So what we're going to do right now, and I'm going to just tell you this. Yesterday as I was preparing, trying to help the little decorations for our vehicle last night, I was listening to a song that Caitlin or Nikki or Angie, one of, one of them had sent me to listen to. I was listening to that song. And on YouTube, while I, while I was working, it, it went to this song that they're about to lead us in. And folks, I don't know in my life when I have had the time in the Lord that I had yesterday. Because... This is probably my favorite song because I don't believe it's just a right now song, but I I, I believe this song 
some, some arrangement of it is actually going to be in heaven. And this is the song that we're going to worship together as we take the Lord's Supper. And at the conclusion of this song, that's what we're going to do. So I'm going to ask you if you would stand to your feet. And reverently, we are in a very reverent part of this service. So I want you to look unto Jesus and think about his cross as you sing and worship with us. Glory to your name, Lord. Oh 
Hallelujah, Lord, you're worthy. You paid a price we could not pay, Lord. And God, we're grateful for that. And as our brethren prepare to serve you, I'm going to ask every one of you that can and will, that want to receive communion and celebrate what this means for us. I'm going to ask if you'll just make your way forward. We have plenty for everyone. And we'll serve all of you here. And then we'll, we'll serve our, our praise team choir.
Bible tells us that the night before Jesus was crucified, and he spent that, that time in prayer. And, you know, we always hear about the crucifixion and, and all that, but I think of all the things, and this was the Son of God, all of the things that Jesus could have done, he could have done more miracles. He could have done a lot of stuff. But before he was going to be crucified, he prayed. He prayed to the Father. And, and church, I, that's why I feel the way I do about prayer. Because if Jesus, if Jesus prioritized prayer and had to pray, God, we do, we pray before we receive this. Lord, you, you didn't evaluate us, but you knew we were sinners. And you went ahead and died, Lord. God, we do right now. We pray and we thank you for what you did for us. And God, I know that that had to be a long time for you, for your son, to be gone 33 years, but it could have felt like 33,000 from what the Scripture teaches. And Lord, that was your Son. And Lord, God, you witnessed Him never harming anybody. And from heaven, oh God, you had to watch Him be abused, mistreated. Lord, be misquoted, misunderstood. And then, Lord, it was so bad. You turned your head, not just from his suffering, but God, from the filth of sin that he would take for all of us, Lord. And God, as I evaluate and search my own heart, I realize, Lord, so many times, so many times. Lord, I've abused you. I've taken advantage of you and the cross and what you've done. And I thank you, Lord, that you did go and you didn't do it with your mouth. You didn't say, I'll do anything for you, but Lord, you did. You let them strip you naked from your family and people that were close to you. So God, you know what it feels like to be humiliated. Lord, you know what it feels like to suffer and you didn't do anything wrong. You know what that feels like, Lord. God, and I praise you this morning. Bible says he said take and eat and th this is my body which is given which is broken for you and if you'll take the bread and worship him
you're hurting in your body right now as you swallow and consume that bread why don't you just receive healing it's by his stripes his body language God and I pray for every physical body in this place right now you're acquainted with our griefs Lord you are thank you Lord for being sacrificed on that cross Lord and afterward he took the cup saying this is the cup of, my, of the new and praise God for the new covenant and he drank now for your own salvation why don't you just take a minute just to take a minute and I want you to worship him for saving you every person everywhere that can hear me I want you just to say thank you Jesus the blood of Jesus and I'm be one person in here that you've never prayed and you've asked the Lord to come into your heart I wish you would walk to this altar and let me just I want to enter I know him personally I would love to introduce you to Jesus Christ 
I, I can, on first name basis, I can introduce you to him. And if, if somebody is watching, all you have to do is say, Lord, I am a sinner and I've got to be saved. I want to be able to look unto you. I, I want to be able to see and hear. I want to look. I want to run this race. Forgive me of my sins. I repent. Cleanse me and wash me and make me whiter than snow. The Bible says God will do that. He'll make you whiter than snow. How many of you really are thankful for what Jesus did for you? You are. Hallelujah. Listen. As we leave this building, I'm going to pray. But I, I want to pray not just our benediction prayer, that if that's what we call it. But I, I want to also lift up the family of Ed Snyder. Many of you know we've been praying for him. He went home to meet the Lord yesterday. This is Charlie Gent, a, a colleague of his from Harris Teeter. And we just need to bear each other's burdens, folks. If you live long enough, you're going to be in that position. And I want, I want to pray that God would, would just touch that family. They, they were a Catholic family, and they came three or four months ago from Winston-Salem to be with us. Charlie and Angela got them here, and they told me after church they really loved it, and, and I've been trying to text him back and forth and pray for him and with him, and he just told me about a month ago that he hoped his numbers would get back up because they really want to come worship with us again. That's why every church service matters to me. That's why every church service matters to me. Thank you. Because there's people, there, there are people that need to experience real. And if we just come in here and go through the motions, that ain't real. That's religion. But I'm, I'm going to pray for his family. And I'm going to also pray that, that every person in here, we will be mindful of looking unto Jesus because this world will pull you down. Sometimes you just got to walk away and say, listen, it might be on your job, and I understand that, but you just, you got to protect yourself and say, I'm, I'm looking to Jesus. You're already confusing people anyway, so just finish them off. All right? And I want you to do everything you can to protect the hour of 6 o'clock tonight because you will get robbed if you don't protect it. All right? Father, we love you. I lift up the entire Snyder family, Lord, and I pray that through all of this, you would continue to be glorified, Lord. I pray you would let...